Hello, my name is David Shire, and this is how it's going so far. This week, we're going to be talking about three things. We're going to be talking about my week so far going into Billings, Montana, and my vacation slash work vacation there. Uh, second, we're going to be talking about a wild night of karaoke. And third, we're going to be talking about a book I recently read, A Court of Thorn and Roses. Stay tuned as we continue on with the show. All right, so jumping into it, let's go ahead and let's start with uh, so what am I doing, where I'm at right now. So where I'm at right now is I'm in Billings, Montana, and currently I'm here to visit my dad, who uh, has moved here about last one year ago. Uh, he ended up moving to Billings. I finally asked him about this this week. He ended up moving to Billings because he drove by it, and it just kind of reminded him of uh, of summers that he spent in um in California when he was a kid. And so I, I never really thought about it that way. And honestly, it's been like a really beautiful trip. Uh, there's been a lot more rain this year in Billings, Montana than there ever has been in the past. And so uh, the green, it's definitely a lot greener than it was the last time I was here. Uh, we went, to, we ended up going to Yellowstone National Park, which was super cool. Uh, we saw lots of different, uh, different animals. We saw a lot of elk. We saw a lot of buffalo. Uh, there was like multiple times where we saw buffalo where like we passed by them on the street and they would literally just be hanging out like right next to the road. And then there was one instance when we were driving back where they were just like in the middle of the road. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, unfortunately, for like a lot of cars coming into the park, there was just like an entire herd of buffalo, and you could see that footage on my Instagram, where people were just like backed up for for a very long time. And luckily, we were going the opposite direction, and the herd was on our left. But it was still it was still really cool to see. We ended up also going deep into the park and seeing Old Faithful. I never realized how like big Yellowstone National Park is. Like it is it is humongous. Like we got into the park, and it took us like an hour and a half for from getting into the park to go going into Old Faithful. And honestly, it was a pretty cool event. Like, it felt like a sporting event, except the sport that you're watching wasn't that interesting. I guess it's kind of like watching baseball in some ways. I don't know. Where, you, where every once in a while, like, every 10 minutes or so, something happens. Uh, and then and then uh, you get this big sense of relief, you know. But uh, it was cool. Like, seeing, the, seeing it, um, it was really a bucket list item for my dad. And so I was really glad that I got to kind of experience that with him. And, you know, just, like, drive around. Like, I think... One of the things that I miss about my last relationship is that we spent a lot of time in the car together, just going on different road trips. And so experience like getting to have that experience again with my dad um, was just it was really cool. It was a really good trip. We ended up eating some beautiful, uh, nice, juicy steaks at a hotel. And it's been good now. Um, Another thing that we've been doing a lot uh, this trip is that we've been watching a lot of the NBA Finals, and I'll admit, I'm a very much so a bandwagon Warriors fan. Uh, Stephen Curry, uh, Stephen, <laughs> I like calling him Stephen, it makes him sound more real, but Steph Curry, uh, he always gives, like, he's one of these players that, like, gives hopes uh, hopes to guys like me who are not like we're like like I'm tall you know I'm like 5'11 last time I measured um, when I was standing on a stool no, <laughs> last time I measured I was 5'11 and it just you know gives me hope that I can one day join the NBA uh, you know and one you know obviously like st- to join the NBA at my height I have to be like the greatest shooter of all time like Steph but you know like it gives me hope it gives me like this this faraway dream that maybe one day I can uh, join the NBA it's also cool seeing the Warriors uh, Clay Thompson uh, Clay Thompson is from the 
the um, he went to college at the University of Washington State uh, University. Uh, I don't know why I said it that weird. Washington State University. There you go. The Wazoo, as they're called, uh, which is the college that both my parents met at. So it's cool to see somebody from that college uh, succeed. It's cool that he seems like a really down to earth guy. You know, every once in a while, I'll be watching a uh, a college uh, basketball game and you'll still see St- uh, Clay Thompson show up with his dad and like root on <laughs> for the for the people in Pullman. And Pullman is like not a very like big town. It's like very small town vibes. And it's it's just funny seeing Clay there like an, an international superstar uh, just like hang out at Pullman. It's really cool. And it it, it really makes me endeared uh, to him. Um yeah, it's been a really interesting series. I think that it's been this really interesting clash uh, between uh, two different styles, between uh, the Warriors, uh, Golden State Warriors and Boston. I mean, Warriors are kind of known for having a small team, and so seeing them rely so much more on their own agility and their own shooting ability uh, versus Boston, who's like this big physical team who on any given night could really shut down the Warriors if they just, you know, weren't so like mentally... <laughs> if they didn't make as many mental mistakes as they do, because typically Boston's biggest problem in this series has been that they've been turning the ball over like way too many times. There's just like times where like they pass it to one another and it just like bounces off their hands and it just feels like like it's like, wait, guys, what are you doing? You know, it's it's a very weird experience, but I'm enjoying it because, you know, it means the Warriors going to win and hopefully they will win in the next two games. Mark my words on that, because uh, I feel like that's one, the one thing that could age pretty pretty badly about this podcast. We'll, we'll get back to that in maybe a week or two. But uh, my, my thoughts are it's either going to end on Thursday or it's going to end whenever the next game is. And you could quote me on that. All right. <laughs> so, anyway, moving on to some other uh, fun things to do in Billings. There's not like a ton here in Billings. We ended up going to see a... Um, we ended up going to go see a bear encounter. That was pretty interesting. Uh, there's like a bill and Billings is known to be, they'll call it bear ca- uh, country. And because, you know, they have quite a bit of bears. And so we ended up driving on I-9 on the way back to from Yellowstone. And we ended up going to this bear encounter where we met this uh, baby bear. I believe his name was Matt. I want to say his name was Matt. It might have been Matthew. Mark. <laughs> I was going to say, it might have been Matthew. You know, like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> but anyway, um, we ended up going to see this baby bear, and this baby bear was also was still very huge, and only ended up costing us $10. I learned a lot more about bears and about how to survive bear attacks. Um, so if I ever meet Dwight Fruit, you know, I could I could uh, relate to him on that. Uh, they, it's some crazy stuff. They have this, um, they have this bear uh, spray that's apparently 10 times more powerful than um than pepper spray and it's like the way that you're supposed to aim it is if you get within 40 feet of a bear uh which is you know terrifying just to think about on its own because bears can run like 30 miles per hour for two miles that's one thing i learned (laughs) if you get within 40 feet of a bear and a bear starts charging what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to aim the um aim the canister at like a 60 at like a 40 degree angle to the ground and then spray it on the ground while looking away a little bit like off to your side so you can see the bear in your uh, peripheral vision Uh, because if you get some of that stuff in your eye it could permanently blind you and what the idea is is that bears charge with their heads down so when they're when a giant fur ball is charging at you know that his head is down and so what you're doing is you're spraying it on the ground and then your the particles will bounce off of the ground and then hit the bear in the eye it will then sense that you know like hey that sucks you know because bears have heightened senses and so getting hit with bear spray which is you know 10 times more powerful than regular pepper spray they'll eventually just turn and then uh walk away apparently bears also have like this three strike rule uh where 
if a bear were to attack a human, you're only the bear's only allowed to do that three times before like a hunting community goes out to uh, kill that bear. And so apparently it's it is a little bit safer for the bear too, while to pepper spray them versus them actually getting killed for for killing you. Right. So it's kind of this weird like uh, mixture of things. Anyway, I don't know why I'm spending so much time on this. I just found it super fascinating. You know why I'm spending so much time on this is because this is exactly how I am. Right. I love learning things. I love exploring and like you know, expanding my mind. And when I find an interesting fact that I think will one day save your life, I'll share it with you on the podcast. Who knows? Maybe in 20 years or so, you're going to run into a bear and you're going to be like, oh, cute, Winnie the Pooh. And then all of a sudden it starts charging at you. You have your bear spray because you heard about it on this podcast. And then you spray it on the ground and I save your life. Boom, boom, boom. You're welcome. All right. So anyway, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) What's also crazy is I don't have any of this in the script uh, as well. Like this is just like I, I forgot that I went to a bear encounter and now that I'm thinking about it I just have to share it anyway so moving on to something a little bit more relevant to what I said at the beginning of the podcast uh, I also went out uh, karaoke with my father now my father is a like a 50 year old marine right you know so it's it's very weird to go karaoke with him but he's like a weird guy too like I'm a pretty weird guy I had a friend tell me once like in the last week is that they said that like David you're a pretty weird dude but you're very loyal and that's what I really like about you and I was like thanks 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 okay okay cool and my dad's very much the same way he's a very weird dude he's very rough around the edges but the thing I like about him most is that he is a very loyal person outside of you know my marriage to my, outside of his marriage to my mother obviously but anyway moving on from that sad fact so we're at we're at this bar it's it's karaoke night and uh, I you know I I thought I drank a lot during the time that I spent on a cruise ship but it, it turned out that I, I there was there was a little bit further I could have gone. Uh, my dad ended up ordering, like, we. I ended up starting off slow, you know, ordering my Coronas, not really, like, thinking I was going to get that drunk that night. But then my dad just starts ordering shots for me, and, like, he, he orders me these shots that are, like, strawberry-flavored. And the way they taste is it basically just kind of tastes like a strawberry shake with a little bit of kick. And so I end up drinking about two of those. And then I'm about two beers in when I start singing my first song, which is uh, Call Me Al by Paul Simon. And that song is an absolute bop. Highly recommend it. It's a very fun song to sing because you don't have to be like like me. Like I'd say that I'm a pretty OK singer. I would, I would rate myself as like good. And I sing when I sing with confidence, like and when I'm like inebriated, I feel like I sing a lot better, like when I know what the lyrics of the song are. And uh, but Call Me Out is not a song where you really have to like focus on vocal talent, which is something I appreciate that about that song. But anyway, I sing that song. And then afterwards, I meet this guy named Chris. Uh, and this is Chris, not my cousin Chris, but it's this other guy, Chris, that I meet. He seems pretty nice. He's like a taller gentleman. Um, he is I think he's part Native American and he he very much so is like, you know, he, he comes into the bar like already drunk. Like he's like he's already pretty hammered uh, and he asked me to buy him a drink and I end up doing it. I don't know why. But anyway, uh, he he ends up uh, we end up talking and uh, and uh, after about like two more shots, we end up singing Careless Whisper uh, with one another. And uh, again, when I'm confident, I feel like I'm a pretty good singer. When I know what the song is and when I know what I'm singing, I feel pretty confident. I had no idea what the lyrics to the song were, but I was having still a really great time to, uh, <laughs> singing with Chris. We end up singing that song, and then uh, I end up actually giving him my uh, contact information. I don't think he, he'll ever like reach out to me, but he turns out he's like a photographer, and as a web developer, um, sometimes I do look for photography work, um, and so it was kind of cool just connecting with him on that, but it was like a very fun exper- experience, and honestly, 
honestly, it just kind of, it reminded me that, you know, I do like, like the social aspect of going out, you know, like that's what I, I really enjoy. But anyway, like, so we, we get done uh, at the bar and uh, we end up, we end up having to walk home. Like my dad, I think he, without me looking, I think my dad drank like eight shots of, uh, of that tequila. And I only ended up drinking about four, which is also pretty rough. Like, and we walked home and I was, I was like very much so like feeling it. Like I, I, again, I, I, I think the boat on the cruise kind of masks how like bad, bad it is. Uh, and so, <laughs> so, and, uh, this time, like, I was just like, yeah, I am, I am, I am completely out of it. So, so we end up walking home. It's a late night. It kind of rains. Um, and so we get, we get home. I end up passing out and it takes me about a solid two days to recover. Like, like it was not, it was not a pretty sight, uh, needless to say. And once I recover on, uh, once I finally recover, it's finally Monday. We end up doing like a couple little things. We ended up going to see a couple different movies. We ended up seeing Top Gun Maverick and, uh, Dr. Strange was, yeah, we ended up seeing that yesterday. And so it's been, you know, it's been a pretty good trip, you know, like very low key, very chill, like overall in billings. Right. And so anyway, Anyway, um, gosh, like, but it's been it's been tough, like uh, as far as like vacations go, like because this vacation has been more so a working vacation for me, uh, whereas like past vacations, like when I went on the cruise, right, I, I turned off my laptop, I didn't bring it at all, like and even if I did, uh, there was just no internet on the cruise for most of the time unless you paid like this outrageous fee, uh, and then you get connected to the really terrible internet that the cruise offers, and so I was like I was not having it, so like basically I was like completely off the grid which was nice. And while I'm here, though, in Billings, though, I ended up having to work on like a bunch of different projects. I have to keep pushing things along. And I've been doing a pretty good job at that so far. Uh, or overall, like I'm only I'm going back home tomorrow uh, when this podcast release. So that's good. But uh, it's it's been kind of rough because like a part of you wants to work and part of you wants to like make sure that you have nothing uh, big to do when you get back. But then there's another part of me that's just like, yeah, I just want to hang out with my dad and I want to like go out and like do stuff. But it's just like, this is the kind of life I've chosen. It's the freelancer life. And so it's just been kind of, uh, it's been kind of this weird balance so far getting that done. And uh, today especially kind of sucked because uh, I ended up dealing with this one issue that like everybody thought was super urgent. And then uh, I got an email back like really late tonight where they basically were like, oh yeah, the issue took care of itself. Like <laughs> I was like, okay, great. So I spent all this time trying to work on this one issue and then turned out to be nothing. But needless to say, that's just me complaining about my very privileged life. Like I still really do appreciate that I have like like this freelancer lifestyle. It's just that sometimes I just wish that I can like take a break and like not feel guilty about going on vacation. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> another thing that I've been doing just to kind of keep the stress off my mind is I've been reading this book and this is like probably, uh, when I was writing this script, I didn't realize like how many thoughts I had about this story until I started writing the script and like all these words just kind of magically appeared out of my fingers as I was writing it. So I was reading this book, it's called A Court of Thorns and Roses. And overall, I would say it was okay. Now, the problem with this book for me is that the I ended up I ended up picking up this book and I ended up uh, reading it because a good friend of mine like really really hyped it up for me and I think that I came into the book with a little bit too much energy and and I think that really kind of hurt it overall um, so so backing up what is the book this book about a court of thorn and roses what is it about well essentially what it's about is is about this girl her name is Freya uh, yeah for year. 
Okay, I'm just going to call her Freya, because, like, I don't know. I know there's a better pronunciation of it, and I have, like, this habit of not pronouncing character names right, but I'm just going to go with Freya, because I I think otherwise I'm never going to get this thing recorded. So her name's Freya, she's 19 years old, and she's a huntress. And so what she ends up doing is she ends up going into the woods one of these days where she's, like, poor, kind of like Katniss Everdeen, because <laughs> she's poor, she has to hunt for her food, and so she ends up killing this wolf, and it turns out the wolf is actually a fairy, and uh, fairies in this universe are real, they have their own lands, apparently once upon a time they enslaved the entire human, human race, um, you know, fun stuff like that. <laughs> and so because of this ancient treaty, another wolf by the name of Tamlin ends up getting his claws on her because he also shapeshifts. And so he ends up coming into her house and basically kidnapping her from her family. He like basically makes her an offer of, hey, either you're going to do this or you're going to get or your family's going to get murdered. So like, you know, like come with me or if you want to live kind of deal, you know, not really a deal. Might as, might as well call it kidnapping. He basically kidnaps her and then she gets the unfortunate uh, punishment of living in his beautiful castle, eating a bunch of food. Her family ends up getting like a bunch of stuff. Uh, given to them and then for like about 20 chapters or so the the story kind of dilly dallies uh, <laughs> so uh, you might get the sense I don't like this book a lot and I don't know if I do like there's parts of it I certainly enjoyed I think that the second half of the book was really really strong but the first half of the book just feels a little bit too derivative of other work namely Weirdly enough, Beauty and the Beast. I know I talked about this last week, but with uh, Belle, uh, it's kind of this funny, like, reoccurring motif that I'm experiencing at the moment, but it really is. Like, the the first 20 chapters of this book are really don't have a lot of stakes. It is just so much world building. And I get that you need that in a fantasy novel, uh, but it just feels like it feels like too much sometimes. I think back and uh, I've been <laughs> I've been making fun of Harry Potter a lot um, in the in the recent uh, weeks on Instagram. Uh, follow me at uh, HGSF uh, underscore podcasts uh, if you want to see some of that but anyway I've been making fun of Harry Potter but the one thing I will give Harry Potter is that right away it it sets up the stakes of what the story is right like if Voldemort like Voldemort you know who he is you know that he tried to murder Harry's parents and you know this within like the first couple of chapters you know he's a bad guy you know that he's probably going to come back and that Harry needs to grow up and prepare to one day face Voldemort once again and get rid of him once for all that's that's what you get in that story in this book you kind of get a little bit of of plot like when she kills the wolf and like you know when a tamlin comes and takes her you know that's pretty exciting like for the first couple chapters but then again it just it just is so much world building and you're just like like you know there's there's flight you know that there's going to be conflict with the humans and fairies one of these days but for the most part it just feels like you're just kind of dinking around in this castle with freya for like the first 20 chapters and um and there's only 45 chapters in the book. In fact, you don't really even get introduced to like a primary antagonist of the book until you're about 32 chapters in, which is insane. <laughs> and so, uh, but let me tell you, those last, like from 32 to 45, like it is very much like a, a roller coaster. Like it's like this really like, tall climb up to the roller coaster you get to chapter 32 and then it just like plunges and it just spins you around and you're just like what's going on and it almost tricks you like it really it really does make me like the ending and like the whole like uh, the whole back half of this book really does like make me like it a lot more but i just it just felt like a little bit too much and plus there are things in the book where where even in the ending where like if i think about it a little bit too hard i'm just like you know what 
like it was fun it was a great ride but there's still like a lot of issues with kind of the story where it's going and uh it it, it leaves me concerned and so uh we'll get into that in a little bit in spoiler talks but uh, overall, I would just say that I would give it a six out of ten. Uh, if you if you are really into kind of fantasy romance novels, I would highly recommend it. Uh, you know, it's I, I was looking online about like a little bit about the discourse because you know sometimes I can't form like a solid opinion about something until I hear a little bit of back and forth about what I think about it. And this is this is definitely one of those books where I felt like sewer mixed, and I was kind of wondering if other people felt that way. And it turns out that there's people who love A Court of Thorn and Roses, and there are people who absolutely despise A Court of Thorn, Thorn and Roses for a couple of a couple of really good reasons that we'll bring up a little bit more in spoilers. But if it is something that does sound interesting to you, if you're more into like kind of this fantasy YA, except this one is a little bit more geared to to adults, there are some heavy makeout scenes and love making going on. Then. Uh, <laughs> then I would highly recommend this book for you. Uh, but for me, I, I would only really give it a 6 out of 10. Now, anyway, let's get into spoiler, spoiler territory. Uh, and if if uh, this is pretty much like the back half of the rest of the podcast. So if you want to bounce out right now, um, highly recommend following me on how it's going so far on, pod, on uh, Instagram um, or HGSF underscore podcast. Um, Otherwise, uh, otherwise, if you if you're gonna stick around for spoiler talk, I mean, here we go. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Spoiler talk for *A Court of Thorns and Roses*. Um, Freya in this book occasionally acts really, really, really dumb, <laughs> and I, I say this again, like I say this as a guy, right? Like I'm a guy reading this book, and you know, like. Like, you know, I'm not like a manly man, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, like I, I understand that like I'm coming at it from the perspective, from this male perspective. So I'm trying to be a little bit careful about like calling Freya out like this, but it does, it does seem like Freya sometimes, sometimes like does things for the plot and not necessarily because she is a smart character. And the way, like the way it, the book justifies it is that the book wants to, explore Freya as like this strong female who's not really afraid of anything but then there's just like a couple of times where she makes decisions that really make me scratch my head that I don't understand and like she continues to make these decisions over and over and over again and the book treats it like oh Freya you know like oh she's such a hothead when in reality it should be like hey Freya can you just stop you know stop making bad poor choices please like can you just like you know make a smart decision please uh, you know like it's not and it's never like addressed as like a flaw of hers like directly you know like or maybe maybe it is i don't know it's just it just it, it, there's like just certain things that really bother me um i guess going into it a little bit more going into a specific example this might help like flesh this out there's a specific example where there's a scene where they have to do this like great fairy ritual or something whatever i don't know and freya's main love interest in the book is this guy named tamlin who's who you know is the uh, who has the ability to shapeshift into a wolf and during this like summer solstice like right tamlin uh turns into a wolf and he has to like he has to kill like an elk or something and it's not really explained super well but, but tamlin basically tells freya like hey this thing this right you cannot go to it because it is super dangerous please do not go go and freya's like yeah that's like great advice or whatever but i'm gonna go anyway right which is you know typical protagonist stuff i'm not gonna really knock her for that right like that's not that's not something that's like something you just kind of expect from a, a protagonist and it's very you know it's very like you know plot like 
like because obviously like the book is narrated from Freya's point of view so she kind of has to be at these important events like if she was like a smart character who didn't like go out of her room <laughs> during this the, during this time we don't learn any lore and backstory as a reader so you know it makes sense why she goes for like plot reasons but it just it does feel very contrived anyway moving on <laughs> so she goes to this event and then she gets like um Okay, I should probably post a content warning here uh, because, like, this book do- does deal with kind of more adult uh, themes. And if there's certain, like, um, if there if assault or any um, sort of, like, assault in that order um, does trigger you, uh, I will get, post the trigger warning here because it, it is something that happens quite a bit in this book. And I wanted to kind of stop here and, like, give you a warning here. But moving on, I guess what I would say is that, um, so she goes to the right and then she ends up getting pretty much, like, not assaulted but she gets like like it's implied that it would have become assault if she uh, continued forward like these two fairies end up like talking to her they say you know they 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 throw some things out there and luckily she ends up getting saved by another fairy uh, whose name is Reese. now Reese is probably the other per- the reason why I have such weak mixed feelings about this book uh, because uh, Reese is kind of introduced near the end as like a good villain and a good antagonist but then I think the book goes a little bit of a step further and kind of introduces him as like a potential love interest in the future. And seeing how this is the first book in a series of five, I don't know how I feel about that because Reese, like the way that he's introduced, like there's multiple scenes where he does like end up drugging Freya and uh, like kind of forcefully. And while he never does anything as far as sexual advances are concerned, it, it does make their relationship feel really weird. And I don't really know how to feel about them potentially like about the author potentially exploring like a romantic relationship it just feels like it's really weird and toxic and it's just something that i don't quite understand why that like why why there needs to be a love triangle in the first place like it just feels like at at the end of this book it feels like very clear that freya and tamlin are like the main two uh but i don't know it's just again it's just like this weird plot like thing that happens and it's it, I don't like it but anyway Reese does does do her a good big favor by helping her out here he then you know explains that he she should probably go back to her room or whatever but uh, you know Freya you know she's so hard-headed she doesn't listen so she continues forward and then she bumps into Lucian who is Tamlin's best friend and I'm realizing now that this is all sounding like kind of like a blur but whatever we just got to keep moving forward okay so Lucian is Tamlin's best friend he is the person that is basically an emissary for Tamlin, because Tamlin himself is like this high uh, lord. And he explains, he ends up being like, hey, Freya, what the heck are you doing here? And Freya's like, I, I, I'm just here. What are you, you going to do about it? And then Tam- Lucian goes on to explain that because because Tamlin is like is going to be full on beast form mode that night. Uh, he's going to have no control over his over his emotions. And there's also this other part where he after he kills like the elk or whatever I don't know like I can't remember after he kills the elk uh, he's going to want to make love to somebody and it, it's going to be really really rough and difficult and he's probably going to want to make love to you Freya and there's a potential that while he's doing that he ends up accidentally murdering you and. Uh, and the only emotional response that I remember in the book is that Freya seems to be a little bit jealous that, like, Tamlin is potentially going to sleep with another fairy, which is a bit weird, you know? Uh, but, well, I mean, at this point, I mean, she is falling in love with him, so I'll give her a little bit of slack. But still, it's like, hey, you should get out of here, right? So this is the second person. This is actually, I think this is the third person at this point in the book who tells her, hey, go back to your room. Just, you know, 
call it a night, just sleep in, do whatever, you know, like you're living the high life, kid, uh, just go to your room, take a nap. So she goes to her room and then she's like hungry in the middle of the night, but she also kind of wants to go out and explore and see Tamlin again. So for like the second time in a row, she ends up leaving her room and going to the kitchen and like eating some food. She runs into Tamlin and Tamlin's like super intense, you know, and like he ends up biting her a little bit and it ends up turning into like this really uh, weird, hot and steamy scene. <laughs> like I'm going to be kind of honest like it was but uh like you know like you know romantic like romantic it kind of i don't know like it but like with him kind of like you know biting her it feels a little bit weird uh, again super strange but and then and like but then that chapter ends and i'm just like thinking to myself like I'm, as i'm reading this i'm just like Freya, you have a you've had like multiple people tell you to stop doing what you're doing and it seems like everybody was completely justified in telling you that. And like, you know, again, it just keeps on going and going and going. And it just seems like her hard headedness is just something that uh, the book, the book like perceives to be as something that's like completely, completely justified in every sense of the word. And, like it never like they never really calls Freya out for these actions. Granted, she's the narrator. So like she's not going to call herself out on it. But still, it just it doesn't feel it doesn't like it feels like it, there's just like a lot of plot plot uh, moving around by the author you can feel the author's hand move the plot versus like Freya being like an actual character in the novel right like it feels like Freya has to like go out and do these kind of dumb things in order for the plot to move forward versus her like making these active choices during the plot you know like as I don't know it just it rubs me the wrong way when an author does that and it just it felt a little heavy handed here um, another I guess one last thing before I go before I stop <laughs> like uh, uh, before I before I stop roasting according to her now, there is this one part. So Freya gets to this part where she has to do these trials, and one of the trials is this riddle that she has to complete, and she has to find the answer to. I'm going to read it out right now because it's it's maybe one of my favorite things that I have experienced in reading uh, this year. So there are those who seek me a lifetime, but never but never we meet, and those I kiss but who trample beneath my beneath ungrateful feet. At times I seem to favor the clever and the fair, but bless all those who are brave enough to dare. By large, by ministrations, ministrations are soft-handed and sweet, but scorned I become a difficult beast to defeat. For though each of my strikes land a powerful blow, when I kill, I do it slow. All right, so that is a riddle. A riddle that Freya has to answer and my first thought my absolute first thought when i read this riddle was okay this is a romance fantasy novel i am willing to bet my life that the answer to this riddle is love (laughs) and sure enough after after about two chapters away from uh from finishing the book she answers the riddle, and the answer is love. And that's the kind of book this, this that this is. I think it's trying to be a little bit more, like it's trying to do a little bit more with the world building and a little bit more with, um, with the plot and a little bit more with the twists and turns. But overall, at its core, it is a very cheesy love novel. And it's... Parts of that I like, parts of it I really enjoy, and then parts of it just feel like it's not worth it. Like, it's a very long book, you know, 45 chapters, about 400 pages, and it is it is a lot to deal with. <laughs> There's some heavy themes that feel like they aren't handled very well with care, and so 
I I recommend this book lightly. Like if you, it sounds like something that you're interested in, I'm not going to poop on you for, you know, I'm not going to poop on you for, uh, for reading it and enjoying it with all your heart. But it just, you know, it feels like it could have been something better, you know, like that's my overall feeling that I'm left with, with this book. And I don't know if I'm ever going to read the second book. I might just do it just because like, I do kind of enjoy like trashy romance in uh, novels, but, uh, I don't know. Like, like if you're looking for like romantic advice, don't look at this book. All right. That's that. That'd be my one big warning. Anywho, that is that will bring us to the end of today's episode. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, please follow me on Instagram at HGSF uh, underscore podcast. I know I plugged it earlier, but I'm plugging it again because you never know. Like maybe you for, maybe you forgot in the 10 minutes or so that has passed since I plugged the podcast since I plugged the Instagram. Oh, I'm burping so much. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, if you want to support me on uh, Patreon, we still do have a Patreon. I'm not going to promote it that much. Like one day we'll end up doing something with it. I am, I have been doing this one thing. Like I've joined this other Patreon group for another podcast. And uh, last time, last week, I actually ended up playing a bunch of Jackbox games with like a bunch of different uh, other patrons. And I've been interacting with the community a little bit more this last week. And it's been super fun. And it's definitely something I want to strive for in the future. So uh, just, you know, like if you if you follow me on uh, the Instagram, just like pitch ideas for what a Patreon could be, like what some things that you want out of a Patreon uh, and to be willing to join, like I'd be totally down to hear that. And uh, otherwise... Otherwise, again, this is David. That's been uh, how it's been going so far. And uh, have a great rest of the week, guys.